Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi there everyone, I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Paul of Expert Webinars and I was intrigued to connect with Paul on LinkedIn recently, not just because of the topic of webinars but also of the transition that many of the listeners to this podcast are having to go through of doing more things online And I know Paul's got a background, as we were talking about just before this session recorded, uh, in sales as well. Uh, So it's great to have you on today's podcast, Paul. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first, before we get started on the questions, just give the listeners a little bit of a story about you and and, what's taking you to where you are today? Sure. Yes. Uh, Firstly, thank you very much for inviting me, Simon. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so as, as uh, you mentioned, I'm, uh, I'm a managing director of uh, Expert Webinars. It's uh, an online focused business where we connect expert speakers with a, a vast, highly engaged audience online. So variety of different topics and subject areas could be uh, sales, marketing, tax, all sorts of topics. Um, and that's been running for about a year and a half now. So actually a fairly young business, but I've been working with webinars for just under four years now, actually. Like you say, I was uh, from a sales background. So I was working in corporate sponsorship with big companies like Bayer, Pharmaceuticals, Nestle Purina, and running uh, effectively educational programs for them that would connect them to uh, Uh, a large audience. Yep. So that's sort of my background. And uh, we've had a few events recently. We've done a marketing masterclass, uh, a sales masterclass, an SME event, and... uh, just now looking to sit down in December and, and think through strategy for next year and the program. Yeah. And the platform you're using for the webinars? It's Zoom, actually. Um, yeah. I've, yeah, so for the, for the past sort of three and a half, four years, I've been using Zoom. It's, it's cheap, it's reliable, it's fairly user-friendly as well. Yeah. Um, but it's funny you should ask, actually. I've been doing a little bit of research into other platforms recently. It's been phenomenal in in 2020. At the start of 2020, the webinar platforms were slightly rudimentary and some of them were quite basic, low quality. Mm. The the surge in the different providers popping up, the different functionalities that you can use now, it's just been phenomenal to watch. So I think there's going to be some new platforms in uh, in 2021 that I'm going to be toying with as well. Yeah, and it's interesting. I've been using Zoom for a similar amount of time and before that go to webinar and... Mm. You know, you look at the news, you look at the way people talk about, you know, this pandemic as we record this that we're in at the moment, and everybody's using Zoom as a, a word to describe having meetings, isn't it? You know, no, yeah. nobody's saying, oh, I go to webinar today, are they? Yeah, and it's, exactly, it's interesting yeah. how some of the, the foremost in the webinar platform before this um, haven't really kept up with it have they they haven't stayed ahead of the game and zoom is annoying in many ways for me that they're continually doing updates every time i seem to switch to i don't know about you paul there's an update there's something else that i've got to go back in and change a default setting because it's it's changed and it's updated for security reasons but it hasn't stood still has it it's been for me the most changing 
platform for webinars that I've seen anybody ever use because they're, they're keeping ahead of it. And I do hope they keep ahead of the competitors as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's it's fascinating, actually, because they, they weren't even the market leaders at the start of no. 2020. They, I think <laughs> no. they just because they were so user friendly and I think GoTo and WebEx were very much corporate. They were they yeah. were more of a conference call platform with video added, whereas Zoom was a bit more chatting with friends and family. So I'm sure their marketing team will be absolutely delighted that everyone uses. Uh, uses yeah, yeah. yeah you couldn't buy that kind of coverage, could you? Where, no, exactly. You know, everybody on ITV News and other programs, celebrities are all saying, oh, do you want to jump on a Zoom session? Even if they don't mean a Zoom session, sometimes they're even jumping. Yeah. I had somebody said, oh, we'll jump on a Zoom session. I said, oh, great. And then they sent me a Teams link. <laughs> so I thought you said Zoom. Yeah, we are. So no, this is Teams. Isn't it the same thing? I just mean, yeah. And, and people are referring to Zoom now as this kind of thing. I mean, obviously, for the purpose of listeners, as always, Paul and I can see each other. I know this is audio only and you can't see us. But uh, yeah, you know, it is it is that ability to be able to see each other and see how we're reacting, engaging with people as human beings, isn't it? So you, yeah, you, yeah. you mentioned a second ago, Paul, uh, when I asked you if you've got your uh, sort of coffee uh, patter sorted um tell us a little bit about uh, the coffee you, you drink uh and your new machine then that you seem to have, have mentioned that you've got <laughs> yes so as as you uh, as you uh, pointed out i'm actually on the water at the moment because i had a coffee uh, just before lunch but uh, yes recently invested in a uh, in a virtuo nespresso machine i took the plunge because i've i've had just basic instant coffee for a while I was, I was always more of a tea drinker to be honest with you um okay and i i can't remember where i was i think it was just a, a friend's house and he had a coffee machine and he made one i thought oh that's that's very good actually i don't tend to go yeah. to starbucks or costa or anything even before all this but uh now yes i think i think it may have actually been bought for my birthday uh the ah. virtual um so it's very happy with it it's got a bit of a extra cream on top which is nice and they've got some incredible yeah. flavors you've got uh, i think caramel cookie and hazelnut muffin really and, and all oh, sorts right. of yeah. weird and wonderful things but uh, yes i'm thoroughly enjoying it actually so what what coffee do you normally drink then you said you had a coffee just before lunch and obviously we're just we're recording this just after lunch so what what coffee was it you you had and uh, and how how did you take that coffee yeah so it was uh, sort of latte style um I, I I mix it up to be honest with you. Uh, drink all, all sorts of. Uh, it depends what I'm what I need as well. If it's just uh, a nice bit of caffeine in the background, then I'll tend to go with a latte. Um, perhaps a little bit of vanilla syrup or something in there just to make it a okay. touch sweeter. Yeah. Um, I I t- I'm trying to um, wean myself off perhaps of of um, cow's milk or dairy milk as much as I can right. at the moment. Yep. So I've been using soy milk, but. The problem with soy milk is if you're making instant coffee, particularly if you're using boiling or close to boiling water, the soy milk curdles. So this has yep. been an issue that uh, I've been trying to deal with. But the virtual uh, machine is quite good because it's much slower and it's not quite as hot. Don't have that yeah. issue, which is quite yeah. nice. Yeah, I had a, a lady come to our house uh, some months ago and she was uh, an artist. She did a pet portrait for us. And Dawn, if you're listening to us, it's hanging well in uh, in the bedroom and Jerry's enjoying looking at it. It was a dog that we've got. So I, I always think it's good to have pet portraits while the pets are still alive, not when they've passed away. <laughs> uh, but she she came and uh, she she bought some almond milk with her. Mm. Um, 
and she she was just changing to uh, an oat based milk instead. So she'd done the soya milk. She was trying the almond, but I think she was struggling a little bit with the. Uh, it was building up a bit of an allergy in her, so she'd gone to the yeah. oat milk. Uh, and yeah, I must admit I couldn't drink it on its own the oat milk, but it was it was quite nice in the coffee. And I don't think yeah. that has the same problem. Angela, my wife, when we when we go out, she always has soy milk in the coffee. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good to try some different alternatives. And it does change the taste of your coffee as well. So it does give you a different taste to it, doesn't it? So I, because I, I drink quite a lot of tea as well, and I can't have soya milk or oat milk in tea because it does really change the flavour and the texture. Whereas coffee, it's quite nice because it's a little bit creamier. So yeah. it, it works a bit, little bit nicer. Yeah. And as many of the listeners, you, you'll know that uh, yeah, I've got an espresso machine. I haven't tried the the, the virtual one, which is the, the larger pods. I've still got the old-fashioned espresso pod. And yeah, the reason I got it was exactly as you just said, Paul. It was the range of flavours. So many. The only problem is that you get this big sample box when you first buy it, and then I lost track of which ones I liked and which ones I didn't like when I reordered it. So so what is your – have you found a flavour, a favourite flavour or favourite coffee in, in this uh, Nespresso machine then that you've you've got? I do, I quite like the, the vanilla one. Um, okay. And again, I mean, sometimes, like I say, with, with the lattes or, or uh, if it's just a bit more of a relaxed drink, I'll have the slightly weaker coffees. But if I'm, if I'm busy beavering away before an event and I know I've got uh, a lot of tasks on the to-do list, then I'll have a nice strong espresso or double espresso or maybe even a triple yeah. espresso. Yeah. Do they give you the, um, on these new pods, do they give you the strength of the coffee on the pods still? Yeah, it's quite a smart machine, actually, because the the barcode is uh, sort of written into the pod. So you don't have oh. to um, actually change any settings. You don't have to tell it what to do. You just put the pod in, press the button, and it automatically um, knows what coffee to make you. So it's, uh, yeah, it's quite yeah. smart in that sense. Yeah. I must admit, I'd, you know, like you said, I like to change the strength of the coffee, depending on what I'm doing. I might have had too much coffee. I mean, this morning I've had way too much coffee in meetings. So I'll probably go for more of a blonde coffee this afternoon and just tone the intensity down a little bit. But as you say, if I, if I then, if I've got a bit of a, a midnight burn preparing for a webinar, which will be a topic we'll talk about in a minute, um, then I'll go for the the high intensity and probably go for a 10 or 11. And it's quite nice having that gauge on there as well. Uh, yeah. you, you mentioned Starbucks. I don't know if they do them in the virtual pads, but uh, yeah, I get a lot of Starbucks Nespresso pods and they're actually made by Nespresso with Starbucks coffee in them. Uh, oh. But I don't know if they do them in the, in the, in, in the later pods. I'm not I quite think sure. I have heard someone say about the Costa ones. I think they, they do something yeah. similar, but I'm, yeah. I'm still a little bit of a coffee novice in terms of, uh, various intensities and flavors so yeah well i can i can tell you now an espresso machine will get you more coffeeed up than you ever have been before because you become more uh, interested in choosing different coffees to go in it and uh yeah it's it's quite a journey but you can you can go on with it definitely so moving on to the business questions then and you've obviously given us an idea of uh, how long you've been in business and the next question is something that um can be in the current business it could be something that you uh, have taken away from perhaps prior to this but what's the latest or most significant thing that you fixed in in your business good question i think it's i think it's a very topical question i think it, you know this year has been 
just full of so many changes and so many adaptations and pivoting. So um, back at the start of the year, we were growing fairly consistently. It was quite nice. Each webinar, we'd add an extra 50 or so registrants and the total community would grow by about 500 people per month. So it was along the right lines and I sort of knew the direction I was going and um, I thought the first couple of webinars will be free and then we'll start doing paid courses and introduce it that way. And just as my plan was uh, about to kick off, that was about March, April time, six months into the business when suddenly the world was turned on its head and everyone was driven indoors. And in one sense, it was it was really good for me because people were looking at that point for good quality, um, free content, or or at least um, value for money content. And I was certainly in the right place at the right time with some phenomenal speakers that we were working with. So it was really good. Um, But as the summer wore on, it was quite interesting. So I went from having relatively few competitors to suddenly every Mm. single company in the world was my competition because everyone was putting out webinars about the content that they do and the experts they work with. So that was a real challenge um, over the summer period because summer's relatively poor for webinars anyway, because people tend to be outside on holiday. Um, so you do get slightly yeah. lower audiences. So that, that was a real sort of tough moment that I needed to obviously drive revenue in the business because it was still a young business. I was trying to get my brand out there, but then just competing with so many other um, people with, with so much other content out there. So yeah. what I think was really important um, obviously stuck with the free content because you have to keep your customer in, customer in mind and what challenges are they facing? What are they looking for? And I think to have tried to bring in paid content from a new brand at that point would have just been a, a crazy decision. Yeah. Um, but also I, what I decided on and what I sort of had to flip was changing the way I did things and distinguishing myself from my competition. So I'd had experience in hosting one-off webinars and it was very good. You get an audience, great, move on to the next webinar. But that was starting to not work as much. That was starting to become a little bit more difficult generating an audience. So I decided to to put on bigger events that would be a heck of a lot more work for me and uh, Hmm. much more planning, much more uh, or many more late nights. But it did distinguish me from the crowd. So like I say, we put on the sales masterclass where we invited... um, I think 14 sales specialists and, and consultants okay. and keynote speakers to come on uh, various topics from cold calling to um, driving uh, leads through social media. Um, There's a whole, whole variety of topics and yeah. it was something that people could sit down. It was, it, I deliberately planned it. So it was just before the end of furlough. So that if people were furloughed, sitting at home with nothing yeah. to do, then it would be a real great time to capture their attention yeah. And, and it was it worked really well, actually, because for, for the last four years, I've seen that you tend to get about 25 to 30 percent of registrants will attend the webinar live. And that's kind of across the industry standard. Yeah. And I think that's across all sectors. And you know, I found that yeah. myself as well. Yeah. Used to be a lot higher than that, but it certainly is at level at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So. So, so with that in mind, I mean, the, the sales masterclass we did, we, I suddenly saw that we had 55 to 60% conversion and from big numbers, wow. I think it was 660 people registered for the event. Um, and it was only really? the second event we'd put on as a, a business. So yeah, it, it really sort of resonated with people. So I've, 
I've moved that into my plans now. So we then did marketing masterclass finished last week. So I was, <laughs> I was okay. absolutely shattered on Friday <laughs> after two weeks of, uh, of getting speakers lined up and generating an audience yeah. and socials and whatnot. But, uh, so these, these are the bigger events that you've mentioned there. And you're right, you know, I've seen people do that on Facebook Live, you know, being involved in a couple of Tony Robbins challenges where it's been over five days, three-day three world summit that was done on Zoom and Facebook Live. So these bigger events that you're doing, Paul, are they longer webinars or are they still perhaps an hour, an hour and a half long, but in a sequence just tell us a bit a bit about the structure that's worked well for you yeah it's a good question because it's you have to capture people's attention and if you have um a field where for example there's a mandatory requirement to complete cpd so if you're financial advisor accountant vet doctor physio then you can hold people's attention for quite a long period of time on a particular subject yeah with business content it's a little bit more tricky because people are doing this for their own development and you really have to engage them and so what i've found more success with is keeping shorter webinars but putting lots of them together which also allows people to dip in and out if they have other things to do if they think this next webinar is not for me so we tend to do 30 minute webinars from one speaker and then move on and the next one another 30 minute uh, webinar from another speaker and it, ah. it seems to, so, yeah, so the well, webinars themselves are about 30 minutes long. Yeah. So it's, it's really okay. a sort of snapshot of a topic where what I tend to advise speakers is try to get five or six top tips or, or takeaways that people can implement in their business straight away yeah. after the webinar. They can say, right, I can, I can put that into practice now. But then if they want to get into more detail, if they want to take this more seriously, if they, you know, if they want to take it further, then what I'll do is I'll connect them with you so that you can then continue that discussion off of the webinar right. when yeah. you, when it can be a little bit more bespoke as well. And they can talk about your business in particular, rather than just generic uh, tips. Yeah. Okay. So just for the listeners, cause I know there's going to be quite a few coaches and consultants that are, are listening to this in particular, um, who, who are trying to find the magic formula for webinars, 30 minutes. Uh, and that's one presenter. One guest? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, uh, and a series of those that people can dip in and out of on a particular topic, as you've, as you've said. Uh, and, and that's, I mean, that's quite intriguing, isn't it? Because I think, you know, people still struggle. I struggle to get a webinar into an hour. You know, I've done a series for the University of Lincoln and they said no more than an hour, which was a real challenge for me because my sweet spot is 90 minutes. Um, and I always try and deliver just three things in 90 minutes, but it's, it's more in-depth content than anything else. And yeah, when I've seen 30 minute webinars and I'm sure some of the listeners will be the same, it's been very much a, a sales based webinar, not a taking tips away, uh, yeah, type webinar. I, I try to make it very clear with my speakers that it's not a sales pitch, you know, that, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting as well, because you can use webinars for different things. So you can use them at different stages of the sales funnel you can use it for lead generation at the start to get people into your funnel or if you have a, a captive audience already that's when you can start to develop uh, longer content perhaps more interactive content yeah so it really depends where you are on that spectrum but if you're at the start and you're thinking i want to put myself in front of a big audience demonstrate my credibility and start 
bringing people into my community off the back of it so that they will see my other work they'll have a consultation with me then that real snapshot's good because you don't give too much away it's not particularly yeah. bespoke but you you give people a, a sense that yes i know exactly what i'm talking about i can help your business get in touch with me if you want to find out more okay. and that, uh, yeah i make it very clear that don't make it a sales pitch that yeah. it should be if you want to speak with me you know we can register you for the next webinar you can sign up to the newsletter complete a feedback survey there's various different ways yeah so let me uh, dig a bit deeper into a couple of things that you've mentioned there the we'll come back to the the show rate because as you say you know um that for many people has declined to about 30 percent. i think 30 percent is about the normal uh, as you say but i'm more interested in the follow-up because you know I, I speak with a lot of people who do do webinars they do seminars even um if i can use that word with with you but we yeah um but they do an event and the thing that always amazes me is the lack of follow-up they have lots of people who think they were great say that was amazing really appreciate it you know i've seen people at seminars where people have come up to them at the end and said wow i took so much away from that thank you very much and the the presenter just lets them go Mm. And, you know, they just walk off the stage and say, thank you very much. Drop the mic, whatever it is, and and walk off. And so any, anything that you can share for the listeners of, you know, perhaps some tips of how they might better follow up after a webinar? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that it's a really good point you make because I work with people and sometimes the speakers say, OK, so how many sales will I get off the back of your event? And, and I have to say to them, you won't get any immediately after the event because people are digesting it. They've just met you effectively. You, you know, mm. if you're in a networking session, you don't say to someone, oh, it's been great meeting you. I'm going to buy from you straight away now. It just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. So like you say, there has to be that follow-up, but also multiple touch points. So at the start of the webinars, um, what I find tends, quite, uh, tends to work quite well is saying to people, let's get a bit of networking going. We can't network at the moment in real person. So share your LinkedIn profile in the chat box. It also gets them engaged with the webinar then as well with the platform so they can see where the chat box is. Yeah. Um, But you can then connect speakers like that. The wonderful thing about webinars is you have the data already of who these people are and they are qualifying themselves in. If you, whatever your topic is, and then you ask them, you know, tell me your name, your email address and the company you work for it's incredible to, that you can get that information and people are literally putting their hands up and saying, yes, I'm interested in what you're talking about there. So it's a fantastic qualifying process. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I had, um, it was fantastic working with the, uh, the sales speakers because I knew that after that event, they would be ferociously going after each person that had yeah. said, yeah, it was a great <laughs> event. And I, and it was really uh, fascinating to hear because sometimes you're right uh, after an event, someone will send one blanket email to everyone saying thanks for attending and then think that the phone's going to start ringing, but it doesn't work like that. Whereas the sales speakers I worked with, they had a list and and one of them I spoke to, he said, I cold called or not really cold call, but I called every single person on that list just to say, thanks for attending the webinar. What were your thoughts? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, what did you think about the the course that I mentioned? And and he he got sales from those phone calls. So it doesn't take a huge amount because people are, engaging with you already and they're starting to trust you from that webinar yeah and it's 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 interesting you've you mentioned a couple of things there about you you've captured their details and mm-hmm. yeah we we mentioned zoom at the beginning and there are other webinar platforms out there and you said others are on the horizon 
And I would advise any listeners, and I'm sure you'll do the same, you know, and I'm going to drive people to, to what you're talking about it, you know, before we get too much further into this, but there are a lot of people who have gone for no cost platforms and, you know, these free conferencing, free webinar type things. And a lot of them don't capture the details. They basically have one link. You can have 20 people there and you have no idea who they are. They might put their name on the screen, but you have no emails, nothing. Uh, and what a waste that is, isn't it? You know, yeah. the reason for the webinar, as you say, is that people come to you somewhat qualified, don't you? They have exchanged their details to come to this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Make sure you have that registration process because yeah. you're right. You may get higher numbers without that registration page and with just one link. But if you don't know who these people are, then it doesn't matter what number it is. No. You know, you can have a million people on the webinar, but if you don't know who any of them are, it's it's entirely pointless, really. Yeah, yeah. And I've had a few people, a few clients over, you know, the last couple of years that said, "Oh no, I've got a, a meeting version." And I mean, obviously, Zoom, you can register for meetings now, can't you? Which is great. But, you know, they have a, they go for more for the meeting format rather than a webinar format to hold a webinar, but don't know who's on it. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. And then they think, oh, well, I'll ask them to put their email addressing at some point during a webinar and then I'll follow them up from that. Yeah, what a waste. What you have to remember as well is people really need nudging to do things. People, people like being passive. People like sitting back and particularly yeah. on a webinar where you're saying, I'm going to provide all the content you just need to consume. If you're then yeah. asking them, right, you now need to, the one I always think is the Calendly link. It's, it's fine if you're already talking to a person and you're talking about a meeting, but yeah. just to have a webinar and you know that there are people watching and say, okay, now you need to go to my Calendly link and find a time that works for me. I think it's crazy. Try and try and make it slightly easier for people. So, I mean, the wonderful thing about Zoom is there are different ways you can do this. So it has poll questions, which are a really easy way that people will see that poll question until you turn it off as a presenter. So if you even it could be something as simple as having a question saying, um, would you be interested in um, me sending you a free download or, or something along those lines, just something yeah. that's simply a yes or no answer. And if they're saying yes, you've got an immediate follow up with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and it's strange to say that. It's just, I've just looked down at my control panel on the bottom here, and uh, obviously the listeners can't see that. But, yeah, there is a, an actual icon on there, isn't there? Polling. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I used that. So that's something yeah, I've I, taken away, yeah. Yeah, I, I try to say to people, try to get one poll in, into your talk as well, because it just okay. it engages people. It, it makes them take a bit of notice and actually think about what's going on in the webinar. Yeah, yeah, great. Good tip. The, the other thing that you mentioned was the, the show rate. You know, 600 people registering for a webinar is, is great in itself. Uh, but getting a 50% show rate, any, any tips you could share with the listeners of how to get an improved show rate? Is there anything that's worked for you? And I'm, I'm probably trying to get you to share some of the secrets that you, you offer as part of your business. But, you know, is is there a little bit of what we should be doing? Not how we do it, because I know we never give away the how, but you know, is there a little bit of what we could do that would help us uh, increase that show rate? Because that's an, that's an amazing number of registrations, but that's an even better show rate, isn't it? That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Yes, yeah, so I'll be very cautious about giving away the dark arts. But, uh, <laughs> yes. But no, I think it's, it's one of the main things is just reminding people, having a, a calendar link that they can add it to their calendar as well, because 
we're all very busy people. This is the problem. And particularly when there's so much content available at the moment, I, I did, I did a webinar about webinars the other day, actually, where I said, yeah. you know, you've got, you've, you, there are four reasons why someone would attend a webinar. They have a mandatory requirement. It's a very interesting piece for them. They'll find it useful or valuable. Um, or it's from a trusted source. So, you know, someone like if Theopathetes put on a webinar, people would turn up because they know who he is. So there are your four reasons why people would turn up. When you think about why people wouldn't turn up, you've got cost, time of day, how busy they are. It's not interesting. It's not value. And I listed about 10 things, 10 reasons why they wouldn't. I forgot. Exactly. That's a massive, massive one. So you really have to make sure that your registration process is good. It's engaging. The landing page is um, exciting to them, but also just that you remind them that it's going to be on over that linkedin social media emails a variety of ways and i think you've you've hit on something there with the calendar link and i've seen a significant shift in if i if uh, and zoom sends out the reminders and i have all the reminder emails sent out people very often ignore those emails because the emails just disappear into the ether of the 300 emails that they had in the last hour don't they but I know I, you know, and you scheduled this podcast uh, through Schedule Once. And what Schedule Once does is it sends you a reminder email, but it gives you that calendar link to download. Uh, and it's a lot more prominent than it is on the Zoom actual confirmations. Uh, and wh- the thing I love most about it is when you see somebody schedule uh, a meeting, a podcast, whatever it is, the thing I like then is I like to see accepted the calendar so it's created a calendar link and then they've accepted it and you just know then that it's going to yeah it's, it's the old tango moment as i call it it's going to come around and just slap them around the face and jump out off their calendar and say you've got an appointment that starts in 10 minutes that's so, it i'm yeah, terrible with I, my camera because i don't know how you do that i don't know listeners how you do that but i think taking on paul what says there about you know making sure that people that are registering for your webinar get that calendar link I think it's really important. I think that's a great thing to take away. Because, like, like you said, people forget I'm I'm terrible with uh, my memory, so I make sure that as soon as I've spoken to someone or as soon as I've booked a webinar, I immediately put it into my calendar myself, yeah. so I know where it is. Because otherwise, I will forget about it. Because we've got so much going on. Yeah, I, I had a group session with uh, my business group on Tuesday, and we had a masterclass, and the masterclass was gaining and retaining clients over Christmas. And the guy who actually asked for that topic didn't show for it <laughs> and i i do most of these through facebook uh, events uh, for reminders in the group because it's all in a, done through a facebook group and i spoke to him last night and i said i was a bit disappointed i didn't see you on the uh, on the masterclass session on tuesday he said i forgot all about it mm. he said i was so busy just doing some vat stuff and some tax stuff he said i looked up and i thought oh missed it he said it was too late it gone so, uh, yeah, I definitely need to work out how to send reminders. And that's a, that's a great tip. So thanks for that. So you've talked about how it was before, obviously, the shift to the bigger events. Um, what kind of difference has that made for your business? What kind of difference has that made for the people that you work with going for those bigger events? How has it benefited them as well as benefited you? Yeah, I think the the main impact on me is less sleep. Um, Okay, yeah, um, more coffee. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, But no, it's it's really good because what I say to the people that 
speak at my events is that um, particularly as I'm a young business and so my focus for these events um, is not about making a huge profit. My focus is growing my community and growing the brand. So what we're effectively doing is because I asked speakers to pay to be included in the event, but that's because I say, right, we're going to pull our resources here so that you're whatever it may be, you know, 300, 400 pounds to speak at this event if all the speakers come in together, your 400 pounds can go much, much further than if you try to promote yourself. Yeah. And it's something that you, you may get people who probably or may not have turned up to your webinar in the first place. because It's not necessarily something they're interested in, but they're interested in one of the other topics and they turn up, they ah. stay for the day and they think, oh, actually, that was a really good uh, point. And yeah, I hadn't thought about pay-per-click ads or I hadn't thought about SEO or whatever it may be. So you do capture more people. So there's a clear value to the speakers of, of pooling mm. resources and being part of something bigger. And it's fantastic for the brand because we immediately get elevated to uh, people think I'm running a, a huge organization with you know lots of minions running around. But uh, yeah. that's that's the near future. Yes. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We won't burst that bubble quite yet. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting, as you were talking there, Paul, it, it, it reminded me of um, a comparable county show. Mm. Yeah. So I might go to the county show because I want to see the vintage American vehicles that are there, for example. But when I'm at that county show, I'm going to be interested in some of the other stalls that are there, aren't I? And I've never really seen until you said that, that comparison of having guests on webinars that, you know, somebody might turn up for one guest that has a particular topic they're interested in, but then might actually pop in and see me whilst I'm there as well, because that's how that county show would work. I've been to many things and been to see one thing and ended up buying three or four other things whilst I was there because they were there. That's it. And we, we even have some of the speakers end up working together because they come off the back of it and think, actually, what you've just talked about, I desperately need that in my business. And I, I hadn't even thought about that, but if we connect. And so we end up with speakers working with each other, with audience members working. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. And we try to get as much networking and, and, interaction as possible because i think that's important yeah yeah okay so before we go into the final couple of questions then um you, you're intriguing the listeners as well as intriguing me perhaps of what this is all about how do people connect to you how do we find out more about you and what you do um you know and perhaps see some of the content some of the tips and some of the other things that you've got out there how do we connect to you paul well, I, I am on um, lots of different social platforms for my business, but uh, some I find a lot easier than others. I think, as as I'm sure many uh, business owners yep. will uh, will know the know that uh, story. But at LinkedIn, I'm very very active on LinkedIn, um, and it's you know it's not just about me saying about what I'm doing. It's always about the speakers and sharing what they do and. It's one of the really nice things we do at the events is have a virtual event bag, like a virtual goodie bag that you'd get from a conference where you'd have yeah. leaflets and flyers and freebies and pens and sweets. Um, and so I can share lots of things like that. So we, uh, some of the speakers at the last event had a, a free LinkedIn profile audit. Um, some had, for example, um, SEO audit for your website. There's an, a win an Apple MacBook Pro from one of the, the partners, wow. which was phenomenal. Yeah. So I'm very excited. I'll go for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So I, unfortunately, I wasn't allowed to enter the competition, which I was a bit oh. gutted about. But, <laughs> Shame. But it's good. So I, I, I try to share as much valuable content as possible because I, I don't, 
I, I don't actually like talking about myself that much or, or promoting myself. I'm, I don't know whether I'm modest or I, I don't know what it is, but I prefer. Um, yeah, I, I think there's an, uh, an authentic level uh, to what, to, you know, to how you've answered the questions today that people and particularly the listeners to this podcast will appreciate because, you know, it's, it's about the universe rewarding that giving out, isn't it? And particularly, I think we've seen that a lot in these difficult times that, you know, we've, we recognize, of course, the success of the people who take, you know, and you look at people like Amazon and you look at some of the big businesses that have done really well out of this sort of pandemic. Um, but I think the people we connect with the most are the people who have, have given and the people who haven't being all about themselves, you know, and Donald Miller is one of my favorite authors and he's got a thing called a book called building your story brand, where he says, you know, we're not the hero of the story, we're the guides. And you've just hit, you know, that right there by saying, you know, you've, you're putting your speakers, your clients, you're making those the heroes, aren't you? If it's all about them, people recognize that. And they say, what a great guy Paul is. I'm going to go and find out more about Paul. And LinkedIn so it, it very, does have that. Yeah. LinkedIn's a very interesting platform for that because I'm sure, I'm sure you would have had this as well. You get a connection request and you think, okay, I've, I've never met this person before, but I'll accept and, and see what they're up to. And suddenly you get bombarded with, I, here's what I do. Here's ABC. Here's my calendar. Oh, let's sign up. Yeah. Think, I don't, I haven't even started a conversation. I have really good response rates on LinkedIn because whenever I connect with someone, I just say, all right, good to connect with you. How's business going? And you start yeah. a conversation. It takes a little bit more time, yeah, yeah. but yeah. you get so much more out of it. And and yeah, yeah. LinkedIn's a, a huge platform for that, that I think they need to get fixed quickly. I, I've done a couple of um, Monday Moments videos on that and a LinkedIn um, article, strangely on that. Uh, and my newsletter went out this week was uh, LinkedIn annoying selling. Because as you say, yeah, I, I have a standard response now. And for listeners, uh, you, if I've, giving you this response ever on LinkedIn, then I don't apologize at all. <laughs> uh, and if somebody tries to connect with me and immediately, if they do connect, or even when they're trying to connect, try to sell me something, uh, I have this old fashioned answer of get to know me before you ask me to marry you. Yeah. And that's really important for me. You, you wouldn't just meet somebody for the very first time and say, we've never met before. I haven't spoken to you yet, but Paul, will you marry me? Yeah, you know, it wouldn't wouldn't happen. You would you'd have a conversation, wouldn't you? You get to know each other a little bit more. Exactly. I think it's, I, it's so annoying. I think yeah, and sometimes I feel for these people because I don't think it's necessarily what they want to be doing. But you'll have sales managers who aren't particularly good at what they do, and they think that KPIs are the most important thing. So you have to send out fifty messages in a day. Yeah. So, no, actually, five messages where you connect with someone, speak to them, gain their trust, and find out what they're doing is far far more valuable than 50 yeah. just blasted messages but yeah I so people talk so that. people can find you on social media uh, if they if they're looking for you on linkedin or social media what, what are the best things to search for give us the details of who we need to search for because at the moment they only know you, that you're paul yes so my name's paul heesman it's a bit of an unusual name h-e-a-s-m-a-n um, but there is also a very uh, famous film stuntman called paul heesman so so be careful which one but okay. expert webinars is the uh, the company name expertwebinars.co.uk you'll find um all the recordings of the the webinars and events we've done as well it's all free um at the moment there's not even a registration form or anything on there so you can just go to the website watch the content you don't have to give away your details you don't have to pay anything um so it's worth it's worth checking out certainly i mean we've got some really interesting talks on there about 
yep. to stand out online in 2020, which was the keynote panel discussion we hosted at the, the marketing event. And we did uh, a keynote panel discussion again at the sales event, which was how to sell in a sort of COVID new normal. So yeah, expertwebinars.co.uk is the website. Paul Heisman and Expert Webinars on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll probably find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but uh, certainly not as uh, active as LinkedIn. No, great. And you know, I certainly encourage all the listeners to, to take a look at that. I mean, it's not very often we get offered those kind of resources in the way that you've just described them there. So, uh, yeah, shame on you, listeners, if you don't actually at least go and take a look and uh, and see what Paul's up to. So if you could give the listeners, uh, and it doesn't have to be about webinars, uh, so don't worry about that. No, no dark secrets to give away. But if you could give the listeners one tip or one lesson that they could learn and take away from this, what, what would that be, Paul? Um, just make sure that particularly at the moment, you know, if you're trying to sell anything, you're going to be met with budgets are frozen. We're not spending anything at the moment. Now's not a good time. And it's very difficult. So just try mm -hmm. to make sure that you are keeping in front of people. You are distinguishing yourself from your competition. And like we sort of touched on there, like you're giving value to the people in your community. So whether it's a white paper, whether it's you know, a PDF guide to something that you do, try and share a bit of your expertise and knowledge without asking for anything in return. So that when the time is right, and when, you know, hopefully in the new year, vaccines are coming and life starts returning to normal, people appreciate that you were yeah. there for them and you were willing to give at a time that was difficult so that they will come to you in that scenario. Um, it's a great thing. And we've used that word distinguishing again. And I think that's that for me is the... The headline of this podcast and the takeaway from it is, you know, we've got to be different, haven't we? We've got to distinguish ourselves from our competitors. And yeah, the the willingness to give as you know good value content is is a great tip there as well to share, Paul, and uh, and make sure we're we're giving it unconditionally yeah. without that that call to action is is important definitely and we see so much isn't it you know we like you say we're swamped by you know download this and you get it for free, but then you just then get consistent um i signed up for an event i think it was a facebook live event or something in a group just a few months ago and i don't normally unsubscribe from emails that i do subscribe to because i'm very careful about what i subscribe to but i had to turn this one off because it was three or four emails a day and it was trying to sell me something in every email there was no content after that initial thing it was just sell 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 it was just dreadful so yeah, listeners, take, take that to heart. Final question then, before we we wrap it up, um, when is your next coffee going to be? And this is a really difficult question as we record this because we can't really go. I don't know whereabouts you're located, Paul, but certainly I'm sat here in tier three at the moment, so I can't go for a coffee anywhere other than at, at home or takeaway. When 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 is your next coffee going to be, and and where? Yes, well, I'm, I'm unfortunately in the uh, vulnerable category for COVID. So I haven't really been out of the house. In, a, in a, I was very unfortunate that I moved to uh, Leeds, to Headingley in uh, early March. So okay. I arrived all excited to explore the pubs and restaurants <laughs> and coffee shops and then was very quickly put into lockdown. So uh, it, my next coffee will probably be in about three minutes time from the virtual machine uh, ahead of the afternoon session. Great. Sounds good. And yeah, you, yeah, I, I'm not too far from Leeds and I had a hot tub dealership in Leeds for, for a number of years. And yeah, there's some fantastic shops, bars, restaurants in Leeds. 
it's one of my favorite places to go it's great uh, and have a night out as well so yeah you'll enjoy it when you can get out definitely i look forward to it yeah great well listeners you've taken some great tips there away about webinars how to get people to to show up uh to distinguish yourself um also some quite interesting things there from paul about you know the length of the events how to use guest speakers um and you know go to paul's website find him on linkedin look for expert uh, webinars and paul heisman and make sure you digest as much of the content that he has out there as you can it's been an absolute pleasure to have you today paul thanks for sharing perhaps a little bit of a sort of sneak preview of some of the secrets you give away that you've uh, that you've given us today that perhaps you sell to other people but i do appreciate it it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today's uh, podcast thanks so much simon really appreciate it and listeners you know this as always has been part of my mission to help businesses around the globe become more aware and i'm sure paul's giving us lots of things to be more aware of even that calendar link is something i need to be more aware of some great education, some good tips that Paul shared with us today. And we've had a talk about uh, coffee and uh, the new Nespresso machine, which has probably been out a little bit while now, but uh, how you can have that for some great coffee too, as well. And I look forward to having you on the next Business Success and Coffee podcast. Bye for now.